the soul does allow you access to what's limitless and infinite and so the dance is how do you has a soul exist in a limited body you're listening to wild creative a podcast designed to inspire new ways of thinking evoke wild ways of being and excavate enriched understandings about our purpose creativity and wellness i'm your host emma kvetna maker and mystic teacher and writing coach, entrepreneur, and Sagittarius. I am joining you today from the traditional territories of the Mi'kmaq people in Nova Scotia, Canada. Without further ado, let's explore the wild creative. Hello, and welcome to season two of Wild Creative. I hope you had a good holiday season and a good New Year's Eve. Personally, I am so excited for 2023 as I have lots on the agenda this year and lots of resolutions and goals. In fact, one thing I've been spending almost all my free time on this past week is updating my website. And I'm pretty much done with it. I just have to do some fine tuning, but it is live now if you want to check it out. It's emmacavetna.com. And I'm so happy with this website. I really do love it. I feel like I finally made a website that is actually me. So a little bit of story time here. In the past, I've made so many websites for my businesses. And looking back, none of them are really me. They were all iterations of things I was like trying to be. There was no authenticity, even though I'm a pretty authentic and blunt, honest person. But when it comes to my online businesses, I really struggled with doing something true to myself and instead was often doing what I thought I should do or what I thought others wanted or expected of me. Of course, though, at the time, I didn't realize that's what I was doing. I just thought I was I thought I was doing it right. So back in 2018, for instance, I had a Shopify website because I started an online store. It was actually a drop shipping, like print on demand business which was my first venture into the online entrepreneurial world when I realized that you could like design and make and print and sell products uh, online without having to do any shipping. If you, you know, you could just use drop shipping. So I was making these designs and trying to sell them on like mugs and bags and t-shirts and that sort of thing. And I think I made only like two sales from it before I gave up. Um, I didn't give up because it was difficult. I gave up because I finally figured out that it just wasn't me. It was a really what it was, was a desperate attempt at an entrepreneurial pursuit. And I spent so much time and money setting it all up and ordering like prototypes and test products to make sure it printed correctly and all this stuff. So, yeah, looking back, I really can't believe I did that during a time when I was so naive and like a total noob to being a business owner. Um, But that was my technically my first online business. But, you know, that's how you learn. Right. So. It's it's not a bad thing. It's just kind of funny, actually, looking back. And then I started my virtual assistant business, Clear Virtual Solutions, in 2019. And that actually went totally fine for quite a while. And I technically could have kept that brand and business going if I wanted to. But the problem with that business was it also wasn't me. I really didn't like my website or care about it at all. The type of work I was doing really outgrew me and now it's evolved into this like teaching and elevated web design services that I offer now, but that's not what it always was. The VA side of things, the the virtual assistant and tech support side of things, I really was just so over it after about a year or so of doing it. So just this past year in the second half of 2022, I actually shut down that entire website and business canceled all the domains, and I'm currently in the process of shutting down my email inbox associated with that domain and moving everything over to my new email. And it just feels so right to to let that business go. But it doesn't stop there. Oh no. A year ago, I tried to start a second business in addition to the Clear Virtual Solutions business. And this second business was called the Holistic Writing Studio. And to be fair, this was way more of a step in the right direction than either of the other two businesses, but it was still was not right for me. Um, But that business was all about offering creativity coaching for writers and book coaching and developmental editing. And I did want to work with writers one-on-one, but the main crux of what I really wanted to do was I wanted to develop a group coaching program 
like online course type of thing where I could lead large groups of writers through this like three month long program to teach them how to figure out their unique writing process and how to complete their projects and genuinely feel good about them and how to elevate their craft and all this stuff and how to incorporate more of themselves into their work rather than what they think they should be writing about all, all this different stuff and there was all this really cool content I had in mind I like developed a whole course outline and, and I started writing some of the classes themselves and I even developed a method or like a framework for all of it and I called it the rewire technique and it had three different like buckets within the framework that you could go through and within each bucket there was like a bunch of classes that are associated with that theme so yeah I had like this whole framework developed and everything and it was all about rewiring your connection to your writing craft in order to strengthen it and fall back in love with it and all of this stuff was based off of my own experience with writing and overcoming a four-year-long writer's block. But again, I just couldn't get that business off the ground. I, I did have some one-to-one -one clients and I paid a lot of money for a course that was that would teach me every single little thing about creating a big group coaching program. But I just couldn't start it because in my head I was thinking, what writer is going to spend like $2,000 or more on a three-month writing program from me? Like, who am I to even offer that kind of thing? And what writer even has that kind of money to invest in themselves? Like, is that even a thing? Like, would writers want to even spend that? So I just had all these like huge mental blocks and this imposter syndrome, but I made a stunning website and brand. It was one of the nicest websites I had ever made for myself. And I bought the domain, I bought the email inbox, and I bought the WordPress website for one year. I started an Instagram feed with all this like branded pretty content on it, which is still actually on my in my current Instagram if you want to go and look at those old posts. But yeah, I made all this stuff and all and oh, and I even created a Facebook group where I was trying to post these like free 15 minute coaching videos each week try you know I was thinking like oh I can answer all your questions but nobody would submit questions so then I just had to like make up like a talk for each week so it was like more time all of this stuff I was not getting paid for any anything not making any money from this at all so I was just like trying to grow an audience trying to get new clients trying to look like I knew what I was doing and then yeah I canceled all of it after just about six months or so of starting it so why would I do that well Again, it just wasn't me. It Not the services part that I was offering, but the branding part of it. It was like so exhausting trying to be this thing that I just wasn't. On on paper, it all looked great and it was pretty and the brand was, it looked all put together and everything. Like I said earlier, it really was a step towards what I actually want to be doing, which, which is working with writers. And yet there wasn't an ounce of my own true essence in the business at all. I felt like I was trying to be this brand, this holistic writing brand. I was trying to be this business rather than just be myself. So then when I finally did start getting more publication credits in 2022, I realized I, oh, I really want to have like a, an author website or uh, an artist website type of thing so I can like showcase my work and my credits and, and, you know, pretend I'm a real artist. <laughs> so, but then the thought of having a third website in addition to, the holistic writing website and the clear virtual one at, at the time and, and a third email and all this other stuff I was like oh god no like absolutely not I do not want to have another website so that's when I got the idea to to make this big shift last summer and so I shut down the holistic writing website and I eventually shut down the clear virtual one and then I've started this new website, which is actually a pseudonym. Emma Kivetna is not my like legal name, but it's my chosen pen name. And it's how I want to do business and conduct business uh, under that name. So I made a website that's emmakivetna.com. And I decided like that's where all my stuff's going to live. It's going to be not only my artist slash writer's website where I put my publication credits and stuff, but it's also going to be where I put all my services and offers and teachings and, and everything and it's going to look like me. So finally, the website really does feel like me uh, instead of like trying to create this brand that like that I like would hide behind or think that that's what I have to project in the world. This website really is it's just me. It's just what you see is what you get and that's what it is. Um and instead of trying to create this like huge group coaching program idea, now I've started teaching these one-off classes. And I'm just going to go from there and then see what kind of experience I can get and traction. And if I can develop like mini courses to start with, 
I'll probably do that first. And if I ever get to a group coaching three-month program thing, that would be awesome. But it's not my goal anymore. I feel like that was, I feel like last year I was trying to skip like 20 steps and just go straight to the group coaching program. But now I'm trying to do all these little steps, which are way more manageable and easier. So it's going much more smoothly and more authentically now. <laughs> so yeah, I feel so much more in tune now with what I'm doing like career-wise and business-wise and writing-wise and website-wise. And I'm not saying it won't ever change again. You know, I, I am a Sagittarius with very eclectic tastes, so there's no guarantee of consistency in that regard. But at least for right now, looking at my website doesn't make me feel out of place or disconnected. And that really leads quite nicely into my guest today, because she is all about leading with the soul rather than the mind, which inherently means more authenticity for ourselves. So my guest today is Aileen Reed. She's an executive spiritual advisor, producer, and community builder. She's on a mission to build soul literacy in humanity, and she's passionate about books, beauty, and impact. Aileen possesses a curiosity about the origin of ideas, the motivations of people, and sensibilities of cultures. She enjoys assisting others in reaching their full potential and being an amplifier to their missions. If you've got a rocket, Aileen can create a foundation that you can launch from and land on. Maintenance is not really her thing. Strategy, visioneering work, and growing creatively is definitely her sweet spot. Some fun facts about Aileen. She was the first Filipina to summit Mount Kilimanjaro in 2010. She was a producer of a movie called Wish Man, which was a movie about the life of the Make-A-Wish founder. She herself is the founder of the Secret Knock Conference, which is a Forbes must-attend event for entrepreneurs. Aileen is affectionately referred to by her friends as Dr. Fury. She collects friends with superpowers and can easily be found wherever there are great minds around. Aileen joined me via Zoom from her home in San Diego. All right, welcome Aileen to Wild Creative. Thank you for having me. I love all things wild and creative. Yes, I'm <laughs> excited to speak to you for exactly that reason because um, you mentioned the word wild when we talked the first time, actually. So um, I do want to start off, though, by asking you about soul literacy and what exactly mm -hmm. it means, because that is part of what you offer to people and your clients. And how did you learn about it? Is it like a term that you kind of coined or did you learn about it from somewhere else? Divined in the dreams in my sleep. <laughs> really? That's and it was awesome. corresponding to my life, what was going on in my life. Yeah, uh, and the collection of my entire life, actually, not just that specific point in my life. Mm -hmm. uh, so it is the core of what I offer, actually, because I've realized that we are all souls first. It is the foundation of our existence. It is our essence, you know, but we're highly uneducated about it. We're mostly educated about our physical biology and not just our energetic anatomy so it has its own anatomy and has its own parts and systems and ways that it runs and that information has been highly isolated from us just because it's not taught and so I I'm here to just sort of patch humanity up into the class that we all should have gotten in kindergarten <laughs> I agree wholeheartedly with that yes there's so much that we didn't really learn growing up that we're kind of left to our own devices when we're older if we're lucky mm -hmm. to 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 figure right. things out that way. Yeah. So you said you it came to you in a dream. So what can I ask what was kind of going on for your life in your life at that time that what like why do you think it came to you at that point in your life? The term of it came, but the but the practice and the content that was slowly unfurling for me. And and it's the classic, you know, it's the classic uh, paradox of the more you achieve, the more you have going for you, the the louder of the things that you haven't acknowledged about yourself, yeah, really starts to also starts drumming, yeah, behind, you know, in behind the scenes, right? And so you may have lots going for you, but then one day it just is all very lackluster, and you're kind of like over it, even though it's the thing you all the things that you've always wanted, and so I know that's when I start to trace where that gap came from. And that gap came from this. So what were you doing before this, like work-wise? Uh, I was bringing 
communities together, communities of influence together. I love to gather people for content and community. I'm a producer of a conference called, or a founder uh, called Secret Knock. I am the host of Secret Knock Women. I publish books, I co-produce a movie. So a lot of creative endeavors. Yeah, if your fingers are in all the pies. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, and they're all going well, you know. <laughs> But eventually, it what's not processed gets caught up. Yeah, there's something missing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So right. with dreams, because I'm really into dreams. Dreams are so special and such. they're so interesting, such a unique part of us. And so to me, well, I think this is pretty common knowledge anyway, but dreams are our subconscious, I think, kind of working itself out when our conscious mind finally goes to sleep. Yeah, gets <laughs> um, out of the way. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so is and so I'm kind of connecting this to like what is a soul then was it your soul that you think maybe kind of gave this term to you soul literacy or was it like your subconscious or are they the same thing or is that like versus no. your higher self okay I'd love to hear your thoughts right <laughs> yes they are they are separate subconscious is an aspect of the brain and the mind the soul is if you could think of it as an organ it's a separate one but it's the it's actually the the mother board of your entire system and the brain is like in the in the like think of a pilot dashboard and yes. they've got all the dials all the gauges of so the brain and the stomach and the and the hands and the feet those are all the dials that sort of get us to point a to point b and the soul is the pilot mm-hmm. that's sitting there but we're all taught to live through a look at the the treat the windshield as it through one gauge like right right <laughs> We're all tackling this one gauge, but there's so many other ones. So many other and buttons. So many other buttons. So many other gauges to actually weigh out. You know, you can't just use one gauge to get you yeah. from A to B. Like things are going to fly off and you if you don't notice, right? Or mm-hmm. just bodies die if you just want to go, go through willpower and not listen to it. Right. So that's more how I would think of it as, uh, for an explanation. It is separate. And it does coordinate with the brain. It does coordinate the feelings. It does coordinate the physicality. Uh, but we mostly task our our minds with all of that. And uh, the mind's just tired. Let's just stop giving it so much to do. <laughs> I know. It's so not meant so for much. all of this. Exactly. It only has so much yeah. capacity, right? Right. And creativity even is too attached to the mind. Originality that people are after in, in, in creation or creating is not going to come from the mind. The mind doesn't do originality. The mind minds experience, and then it retrieves, it, it uses those experiences or those inputs as reference. But as far as originality goes, it's not it. It comes from the soul, and then the soul uh, expresses it through your entire being, it's your brain, your heart, your your stomach, your hands so if someone was feeling misaligned do you think that's because they're not aligned with what their soul is wanting like is that where the alignment might come in i would say that it's just underused is what it is because we don't generally use it as a default by just training of modern man you know it's not that anyone's misaligned or doing anything wrong it's just Mm -hmm. that it's underused and usually the only time it comes about is if if there's like a defining moment, like to to get yourself out of a split second, you know, right turn that you would have ended up being hurt in, you know, right. we've had those moments, you're like, you didn't know that you didn't know why you shouldn't turn there today. But you did. And then later on, you're like, Oh, wow. Right. That was close. Right? Yeah. Yeah. Yes. And that's, that's like, it's there's like some etheric place where all the souls are just like in their etheric <laughs> iphone scrolling and then they're like oh wait that body is not ready yet that's my body we're not going yet <laughs> turn so left you know like yeah. and then it goes back <laughs> doing its thing so <laughs> but actually we could use it more often all the time not just in emergencies no i like that use uh, underused versus misaligned i think that sounds so much more approachable for people mm-hmm. like because misaligned yeah. that sounds like oh God, like I did something wrong. Like it's like it's, your entire existence is wrong or yeah, something. Yeah. Something <laughs> is totally off the charts, but underused is just like, no, you just, it's just go to the gym more and work out that muscle more. That's easy to do, exactly. you know? <laughs> yes. 
So, yes. so what are some ways that we could um, use it more and better? I'm sure that's, there's lots of deep answers for that, but if you could give us like one or two ways, maybe that, yes, yeah, suggestions for that. Well, one is uh, not waiting mm -hmm. yeah. <laughs> until major decisions or, or some kind of emergency or some, don't just be ahead of it. When there's nothing going on is the perfect time to do it. Yes. Make a daily practice maybe of it or is, like, yes, is... because then you, you, you know what it's like, you know, you really know what it's like without any pressure, without the mind tainting your perspective mm -hmm. around you know, survival or winning or whatever, judgment, all of that other stuff that comes along with having to make the quote unquote right decision. Mm -hmm. And so the actual practice of like utilizing the soul more is, is that really just a matter of connecting with your intuition more and meditating or like what's some mm -hmm. like practices? So it, it isn't intuition. Intuition is actually a talent of the soul. And so I don't even really, uh, engage people to push or I don't push people to use their intuition without even know, understanding what is actually the thing that's intuiting. It's like using a tool and you're like, just do this one thing. A tool that you've never used and, before. Yeah. And then it actually does, does a million things and you think it's only doing this thing. Oh, so mm -hmm. one is, uh, one is uh, the, I am my, I am. So um, below just under the sternum, is like a space where your rib cage ends. You trace that hard bone right there, and you tap it with uh, for my left hand. But I was taught with my right, but I'm on the left, so you guys just gonna feel which one is right for you. Okay. Um, and you say, "I am my I am," and you breathe and you imagine that your beingness, uh, with its own set of eyes, occupies your entire body and then some because it's actually bigger body our bodies are inside our soul field it's it can actually fit in our little body yes but but the thing that the capacity to perceive is usually outside of it or just in a little corner like it's always relegated to some place that mm -hmm. it is yeah <laughs> it isn't so oh, that's so cool so this so is this so this practice of kind of of doing that is like a way of, kind of calling yeah, calling it back yeah just tapping that spot mm -hmm. is like a way of calling mm -hmm. back your soul, like embodying it, I guess. Mm -hmm. Yes. Yeah. And we, you will not have for a lot of people, the first few times you do it, it's like a split second because we do not have the endurance, the muscle to contain our potential. Mm -hmm. Not, not in a prolonged way, especially the mind the body is a little easier. So most people will do this and be like, oh, I didn't feel anything. <laughs> but it was like a split second feel. So the second part is getting better at noticing subtleties, observing subtleties. And that means you observe the big stuff and then you go to the little stuff, like, like watching your neighbor across the street, just noticing what their daily patterns are. Everyone just lives like in a pattern, right? And so you notice when there's a car that you've never seen before. You notice that the trash is out or the trash is not out. You notice like a branch fell off. And so as you get better in your daily life, noticing and just observing without any like, oh, that neighbor, without guessing what the judging thing is about, or, you know, yeah. judging or whatever, then this, what you'll notice here, what's happening here will begin to also lengthen, like you yeah. being able to contain it. You could do it in a grocery store. Because we will always default back out. The, the nervous system will will jump will jump out and be like, nope, okay, great, but nope, I'm in charge. Pulls you <laughs> out of it, yeah. So, yeah, yeah. So you you do build it, and uh, and eventually yeah. you're in it all the time. That you won't tolerate not being in that kind of state. But in the beginning, it's the reverse. Yeah. Yeah, I can understand that with the way that our societies mm -hmm. and cultures are. <laughs> Right. And I think your audience are all creative. So at some level, yes. you understand when you haven't expressed or done anything creative, you get kind of cranky and all mm -hmm. kinds of things kind of, you kind of get backed up, right? Yeah. 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 It's like when you get hangry, if you haven't eaten in a while. <laughs> so mm -hmm. yeah. Yes. I liked, I, I like that you mentioned potential there actually, because that leads nicely into one of my questions for you. Because when we first met and we first talked, 
uh, you had mentioned something about accessing raw potential versus um, conditioned potential. So can you explain the difference there and what that means? Yes. Yes. Most of us actually work with our conditioned potential. Uh, everything that, and that means conditioning as in how you've been taught to, to act and regard and think and feel. And it starts young, you know, sharing is caring and be kind and be nice and all those things. And not that they're bad things. I'm just saying that they're conditioned potential. And so when you're in the soul state, then, or coming from working from your uh, soul operating system, then you're able to patch into what's raw potential. And as a quick side, so the, if you look at a circle, I think of a soul as a circle, half of it, if you cut it in half, that is the customized, tailored, individuated part of our soul. Because we have personalities, you know, there's astrology, there's la 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 la, all this stuff. And that is actually one half of our soul makeup. The other half is like creation itself, the undefined, the the quote unquote oneness, you know, in, in the new age world, we're like, we're all connected and all that stuff. That's how we're all connected. And in that space, people are very overeducated about it, but undereducated about how we work in a 3D world in Earth. Mm -hmm. yes. <laughs> so there's this disconnect. However, we're supposed to use all of it uh, and, and integrate it and flow with it, you know, as appropriate for what we need. And so one layer on top of that is the mind, which is where a lot of conditioned potential is mm -hmm. at. So tracing it out back out to the raw potential, it, it's not in the mind, it's in the in the operating system of the soul. That's how you can access it. Oh, that's so cool. I love that. And, and that's actually what that raw potential is actually what in the beginning when you first did that, I am, I, I am. And you can say, I am Emma also. That raw potential is actually what makes our system jump out. Like our, our brain will kick it out because it doesn't, one, it won't recognize it, but two, it's like, we don't do that. <laughs> <laughs> we only do what we know. Right. <laughs> and everything that we know is about survival and doing well and thriving, like all of that kind of functioning. So. Yeah. I love this because it's, it's kind of like a battle between our state as an animal in a 3D world, mm -hmm. as, as you said but also like this metaphysical non-animal being a soul that is also us yes that is also us and that's all part yes. of the circle as you said um it's yes. kind of like an iceberg where the tip is up visible above the water and that's our animal yes. side and then the rest of yes. it's like who knows what's down there or how far it goes but it's still part of the <laughs> yes. iceberg so yes, yes. you've got really, it yeah i love that you've um, got it and i love the the, the uh, other half of the sphere you're talking about, how the potential, but the creativity, because that makes so much sense. Like if you think about things you haven't created yet, that's potential and it's unlimited. It doesn't have to be what you already know or what you think you already yes. know. Yeah. Yes. And it's a dance because our bodies are limited and our brains are limited. Brains need sleep and fats right. to survive. So yes, the soul does allow you access to what's limitless and infinite. And so the dance is how do you, has a soul exist in a limited body? Yeah. That's really, that's really the exercise. Yeah. Right? And yeah. so you, you said that our bodies need sleep and facts and our brains need that. What do you think that it is that the soul needs? You know, not much. Just <laughs> <laughs> expression, acknowledgement, yeah, that's it. And it's pretty much good to go. It's just literally waiting around for you to get out of the way. I love that. <laughs> yeah, well, that makes sense. And that's that's also seems very reasonable and approachable. Like you don't have to do much. It's already, it's already in you. Yeah, so. I know. It's like the, the I have tons of these exercises and they're like almost stupid, simple. And like, no, that can't be it. I'm like, well, go to university, make your life complicated. I don't know what to tell you. <laughs> yeah. Oh. Want the complicated answer? Go over there. See if you exactly. get an answer. <laughs> and convoluted and overcomplicated. Yeah. yeah. Um, so this is all reminding me of the word the term wild 
which we kind of talk, mentioned briefly in the beginning. And actually, we talked about this also when we talked met the first time a few months ago, um, where you had said something that something like the there's always a part of us that remains wild, and but we are our own gatekeepers. So I feel like that's kind of what we're talking about here is gatekeeping that w wilderness. So what does it mean to you to be wild, like truly free and wild? And what and maybe what's some examples of how we might on a day to day basis be gatekeeping that? You know, I uh, actually don't see myself as somebody that's like, quote unquote, wild. I, I think people do probably see me that way, but I personally don't. Yeah. Uh, I'm not like somebody that's like always free. But I did have a comment from one of one of my speakers and friends uh, this summer. She's like, you're so free. And I was like, what do you mean? And um, but she's really astute. And she was like, I feel like even though you're free, things are like pretty together buttoned up I'm like yes that is how I've configured my life you know I I understand I'm in a in a very material world that requires order and it requires uh it requires it it's an algorithm it's a pattern mm -hmm. and the mind doesn't relax and allow for uh soul functioning because it's so foreign to the mind yeah uh, unless it feels like everything's okay not how not how you like logically tell yourself it's okay it actually has to know that it has to be convinced of it on its own and it's not something you can say to it by affirmations over and over you can't say to yourself to your brain i am free and it's like <laughs> yeah i'll decide that yeah, you know exactly. <laughs> can't trick yourself so, yeah. yeah no exactly there's no amount of programming yourself with affirmations going to make your mind agree it's going to just do it on its own based on how you're configured so what's free to me what is it to be wild will to exercise what free will i can in spite of all my patterning mm -hmm. i like that definition that's yeah. it period there is no getting around your own patterning it's hardwired biologically so understanding what all of those are makes me wild most people are mm. i would say not even know what how they click what the mechanics are that's running behind the scenes in your subconscious i've mined all of mine i know exactly how i tick and when and why i will tell yeah. you yeah <laughs> i can describe it and any new mystery mysterious ones i will find it and i understand how it fits into the entire schema of, of my subconscious yeah i really love that yeah. <laughs> Um, so would you say then, is it, would it be accurate to say that your definition of wild is when our, when ourselves don't become a mystery to ourselves anymore, then just that act is wild? Yes. Yes. Because that opens your wild. Right. Yeah. I love that. It's so simple. When you know what there is to know about yourself, then you're going to go where? You're going to go create. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and maybe you'll act a little wild, but um not not yes. unnecessarily just the fact that you've done that work is yes. kind of a rebellious you'd act. be willing to think thoughts yes you would be willing to think thoughts that you never would have thought whether or not you agree to them you will allow them to occur you will allow you have you will have space for them to occur mm -hmm. so that also makes things very reasonable and approachable <laughs> everything you're saying is so approachable <laughs> like by that I mean like someone doesn't have to upend their life to be wild and free and like leave their job and all this like there's it's just a matter of know yourself essentially and don't work under those yes. patterns without even thinking or asking like where does that pattern come from yes exactly how did I end up like doing this thing right you know yeah yeah uh it's funny because I think the word wild is very misrepresented by rebellion and it's not the same thing, actually. Rebellion and just being contrary to what's around you. You're still not being yourself. You're just reacting to what's around you. And it's a very one-sided, limited, boring, actually, functioning. Because <laughs> yeah. those people to me are so predictable. I basically look at what's around them and I know they're going to do the opposite. Uh -huh. <laughs> yeah, that is predictable. <laughs> it is so unoriginal. I'm like, do you really? But they think they're very, like, you know, unique and quite esteemed themselves as a you know original I'm like no that's nothing there's nothing original about just doing opposite what everybody's doing mm -hmm. 
but creating something new though and doing it yeah going that it doesn't way. matter you may have to touch that part yes but not as a default not as an autopilot yeah, exactly yeah I think being on autopilot is the bane of creativity's existence you know it's creativity doesn't get fostered well in that kind of uh environment so yes and yet there's a level of autopilot that when you bring in your intention with it like you're not absent-minded in your presence about the autopilot that triggers you can actually use autopilot to trigger your creativity mm -hmm. like when you're in the shower washing your hair without thinking and you're on autopilot and you're meanwhile you're writing a book in your head or something <laughs> Yeah, and it's a, it's a bit like um, sleep training babies. So one of the easiest tool is to have th pick three things that you do in the same order. And for a baby, their mind automatically associates those three things that it's time to go to bed. And once they understand that, like you won't be done with the three things and they're already like going there because it's a training. So you can do the same thing with creativity that like there's a period I can describe for you uh, for me a period of nesting where things are in order like all the things that aren't going to be about anything I'm going to make and I, I feel could trigger my logic mind I get it like out first and then two I like I like paper and I like touching things and stationery you know I used to publish books so like I, I love stationery so I would take inventory of like what I have and then I'll read a book a page of a book and then I'm off running a uh, little bit of a ritual yeah like a, yes yes steps. and, and yeah. then my head knows I'm heading towards that way and my brain the part of my brain that's like the to-do list that starts to yeah jaw starts to fade off it knows it start. it needs to get quieter I need to make something like that for myself <laughs> Um, but yeah, like to get it using something like that kind of a process to get into the zone or something. Cause it's not mm -hmm. for, for me, at least it's not easy to just sit down and write something. I have to like, get, no. I have to like, <laughs> as you said, yes. read a, a book or something that I'm inspired by. And then I'll suddenly, I'm just like, maybe I already am doing it. Huh? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And, and then if you know you're doing now, you're like it's unfolding, you're actually already doing it, then yeah. pick out the ones and then do it in that sequence. And your mind will every day go, oh, I have the same thing. You know, I get tea for when I have to write and I do these abstracts called imagos. I have crayons and I just like go crazy and just getting all the crap out of my head with color. I'm just the to do list the da, 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 and I just work, just let my hand go. And then once all that dries out, empties out and then I'm like okay now I can write <laughs> Love that. who would have thought you could use this autopilot ritual thing to be creative that's so cool thanks mm -hmm. for sharing that yes absolutely and even then I have a backup which is the three things for writing if there's writing in the group it is I tell I say I am here I am open I am listening what can I be aware of ask a question because then that stops the brain if it's a particularly you know stubborn day that day it always I always interrupt with a question what can I be aware of what do I need to know and then just go that's a good prompt asking yourself questions yes. so I'd love to go uh touch again on intuition because maybe that comes go into play it. here a bit but um I'm just curious what so you kind of mentioned earlier what intuition is and what it's not but um, I'm curious, how have you developed your intuition in your in your life? And what do you do to like get into the intuitive zone these days, if that's a thing that you do? And what is intuition to you? Uh, well, I've been observing intuition as sort of this broad label that people apply towards how they gather information that isn't the usual seeing, listening, touching, you know, knowing when you know something without knowing how you know it. Mm -hmm. And it's just called intuition. There's actually a refinement to that, different kinds of talents inside of that. And once you have, uh, as I call as I tell people, there's a gateway drug. So there's a gateway intuition <laughs> for, <love> it. <laughs> for everyone. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and when I, I guess I'll talk about some of my clients. I don't have to reveal their names. So I'll, I'll talk mm -hmm. about that. So the next phase when someone is ha has built endurance to have their soul be the main driver 
of their functioning is intuition goes like rampant. And so we have the five, right? Five, see, touch, feel, hear, okay, taste, smell. Well, there's the clairs that correspond to the five, the clairvoyance, the clear seers, the clear audience, the clear hearers, the clear sentience, the clear feelers, okay? There's people who smell and that's the rarest of them, but there are people who smell. And most of us run uh, lean heavily to one or the other. So when I do, I notice someone who is like, they love, like they never even, maybe they have, but pursued music. There's just a certain way they're listening. And I see them and I'm like, oh, this person's player audience. Artists are oftentimes clairvoyant. And we work with that initial one. Mm-hmm. And then the others start opening. So the, the others start to also get on board just from working with that one. So what is, what, what, you know, what is intuition to me? Gosh, intuition is like an entire university by itself. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) There's a lot of refinement there because there, you know, there are people who can change chemistry of like something simple, like a, as expired wine, change the chemistry, just putting their hands over it and giving instruction, you know, that's like the more advanced, right? Mm-hmm. so intuition is highly creative uh but in the beginning it feels very reactive like you're just getting all this stuff and you're like I don't want to know this I don't want to know that somebody's gonna pass or like for me in my case you know I can as a little kid I could smell death I knew when someone was gonna die because there was a certain smell of their body when they're around me wow. and it's an like unforgettable unforgettable smell and I actually had in in my older time um when I was older I had weight problems because I made myself turn off my gift of smell because I was like, I'm not doing it. One, it was so strange. I couldn't talk about it to anybody, but I was pretty sure that's what it was. Right. And, but not being able to smell meant I couldn't gauge when my body was done with the food I'm eating. I'm just eating and eating and eating. Right. So, (laughs) so um, that was actually one of the last ones I accepted again into my life about mm-hmm. three years ago and of course the first thing I smelled was death of course <laughs> of course <Wow. laughs> but that's okay I'm okay with death now so I have I established my relationship with it so yeah I'm okay <laughs> wow that's but so as an eight-year-old you don't like that <laughs> well no scary I just imagine that'd be pretty scary when you're a kid and it's just uncomfortable and strange and weird and you know I just yeah. really wanted to live a normal life so mm-hmm. that was not gonna be it yeah. <laughs> so what do you <laughs> what do you do then these days to develop your intuition? Like, are you actively always trying to develop it or? No, I actually, as far as that goes, I have a lot of trust for it. I've developed trust with it. Okay. So yeah. once it's on, it's on. The development really is that when I don't keep up my practices, the old patternings of the mind, my mind start to take over, basically again so unless i'm active the mind will go okay the main captain is starting to slack off and needs a nap so i'm going to take over so that's what the quote-unquote development is so it just takes it in turns basically with between your mind and your intuition like oscillating between yeah it's well it's always that way it's always like a reassurance to the mind that everything's okay right you know, right. because I have to face things that my mind has seen does not work out well. And it's actually fine, but the mind's not going to discern that. It's my soul knowing and being able to see a few minutes ahead of me or a few, you know, months ahead of somebody. So the trick is getting your mind to trust that. Yeah. Or just letting it know you're, it's there. It's good. Right. You're covered. You, the mind will be given instruction once there's actually something for it to do. Mm-hmm. Another thing with intuition connecting to it on your website, you mentioned um, intuition Mm -hmm. analysis uh, as a part of a step in establishing soul dialogue. So Mm -hmm. going along with our talk on intuition just now. So what what is intuitive analysis then? It's actually use of art. We put uh, yes, we take the abstract and put it into a blueprint. Uh, It's actually a technique I learned from uh, a dear friend who is a physician and putting it into an image. So uh, I teach people how to analyze any situation, even to companies, into any structure, whether personal, maybe it's a personal issue, maybe 
you're not understanding like why some you know can't seem to get something moving or you feel blocked or if stagnant it can even be like uh, uh you can't come up with a brand name for your thing you know what's what's not allowing you to hear that it can be that a company's R&D is stuck R&D is basically what fancy word for creativity right research and development you know what's going on there what's what's keeping everybody just sort of stagnant so we take the the we analyze it using the right brain through through so through making art you said Mm -hmm. it's actually through art it's systematic but it's at the end you look uh, most people look at it from the outside going okay i'm not sure what that is and you're like (laughs) (laughs) i understand exactly what it is and i know exactly what to do from here but uh yeah from the outside looking in it's like abstract art (laughs) right of course yeah yeah at the end yeah so with what would be, do you have any tips then for someone who, you know, you mentioned something about helping people analyze the situation intuitively, but I'm sure this is specific to the person and the situation, but in general, what sorts of go-to tips could you give someone? Uh, I could probably run through the steps of it. Let me think. Yeah. Yes, we can run through the strip. That's the, the, the steps of it without having to go through an entire class. Usually it's like a class. <laughs> oh yeah, I'm sure. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Okay, so you take a piece of paper, any whatever paper you have, you draw a circle. You know, make sure you have like markers or a variety of colors, mm-hmm. Just, you know, a set of something, crayons, markers. The more permanent, the better. Oh, <laughs> so take a circle, put it in a circle. So think of the, and that circle uh, defines the boundaries of your issue or of your problem or or whatever you're tackling, okay? And in there, you're going to just, uh, very quickly, do not take long to do this. You're going to put in all the influences that are in there. But what you're not going to do is like draw exactly. You're just going to feel th- and use your hand. So when you think of, say, uh, I don't know, let's pick an issue. Give me something. What's something people? Um, picking the color to paint your living room. <laughs> or is that nah, too basic? <laughs> uh, picking a color for your living room. Okay, yeah. so usually <laughs> picking color of your living room, you can't decide is around indecision or have not having uh, defined, like what is the home meant for? Is it meant to incubate? Is it meant to, uh, you know, incubate if there's a new family? They're incubating potential, right? That's what the whole house is for. The living room is an aspect of that. So there's a, there is lack of clarity about what the purpose is of the home which is different than when someone's a retiree, which is like, you know, make everything nurturing and, and uh, it's not around, you know, instigating potential. That's not what it's about. Mm-hmm. So okay. yeah. a home has to be different. So, okay. So when it's something like that, you actually got to hone into the actual issue, which is in this case, lack of clarity about the purpose of the home, because the color is just like an expression of the purpose. Okay. So that's the issue. That's the circle. And then you, because it's likely that a home has, somebody has been there before. So their energy is still there. So you just think of all the influences, think of all, like even the people, you know, your family that lives there. And when you say, you know, my husband, like your husband or your children, you don't start drawing them. You just scribble, scrabble, pick a color, scribble, scrabble, as you think of them and just put it down in however form it comes out not stick figures. If you're in stick figures, you are in your left brain. So the, the messier, the better. Mm-hmm. Okay. Symbolism. Okay. Symbolism, whatever. Yeah. Whatever it is. Yeah. Okay. So the, and once you're done, you will have a feeling of done, but it needs to be as complete as possible. And you got to be okay with, you may be feeling influence that you cannot articulate verbally or logically through your mind, which is you, most people don't know who's lived there before. Most people don't know the architect that built their home. Their influence is still there, okay? All the hands that have touched it, they're all still there because it was their creation. So even what you don't know, just keep going, keep going, keep going, keep going. And half of resolving anything is understanding all the things that are in there. And the rest of it is is around, you know, neutralizing all those influences. But a lot of influence is neutralized once you know it's there. It's like half the battle, you know, actually 80% of, fixing something is like knowing what it is right yes and so yeah that that is one way to that is 
Interesting. So intuitive analysis. So you're left, you're left with an image that you'll get some sort of feeling from or clarity from essentially. Mm -hmm. When you begin off to the left, you make a scale, like just like two points and a, and a line in between. And you might mm -hmm. zero to a hundred. Zero is this is not my home. A hundred, this is feeling like my home. And you, you, and before you start to put in the influences, just go, put on the line where you think you're at and make a mark. Mm -hmm. And when you feel you're done, mark on the line where you think you're at. There is usually a shift. Okay, cool. And this is a whole class that you teach. Yes. Do you, are you offering it anytime soon? <laughs> oh, I haven't, but I'm willing to, you know, when there's enough people asking. Most of those sessions come about because I'm hearing people go, are you doing this? Are you doing this? And I'm like, oh, I must be time. <laughs> ah, okay. I like that. Okay. So let's talk about your business, which is called Woomanity, mm -hmm. which I love. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I do want to say that the word woo typically is used in like skeptical ways or derogatory ways mm -hmm. and that sort of thing you know woo woo mm -hmm. oh, that's a woo woo and that's kind of meant to like dismiss mm -hmm. that type of thinking so what was your mm -hmm. thought what were um, what were your thoughts when you were thinking of your business name and that word and what's your relationship to that word i'd love to say i was like thinking it through and it just came <laughs> but I, honestly it, it was one of those things that like 3 30 in the morning i woke up and was like ah this is what it wants to be called and it is actually a parody <laughs> because okay. I was one of those people. I'm always going to be a skeptic, always. Uh, even though I am in this work, that's what makes this work powerful is to never turn off my inner skeptic. Yeah. No one should. And so even though I would play with this stuff, I there is certain modalities I come across where I'm like, that's too woo-woo now, you know? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and, uh, and really woo, and it's the convergence of, woo-woo and humanity and it's very much representative of how I regard it which is there is some stuff where I'm like mm, I'm not really sure how that's going to be useful but thank you uh and also an acknowledgement that like this is what's going to be required for the future for all of us because all our minds are taxed yeah way too taxed we're all having muscle fatigue aka the mind fatigue too much uh, and, autopilot uh, too much and and it's not even if it's not autopilot, right? It, it the clue is on the quote unquote all the mental health diagnosis. It has a, such a proliferation of varieties of of symptoms of a core problem, mm -hmm. which is muscle fatigue of the mind. Yeah, that's interesting. So being it's almost like like too overusing the brain and underusing the soul, like yes, as you were saying earlier. Exactly. Yes. Hence, yes. So yeah. you know, on the one hand, I still roll my eyes when things are <laughs> woo woo. And then the other, I'm, I'm like, well, the future is woo. We need help. And it's, the yeah. help is from ourselves. <laughs> oh, that's awesome. So, and speaking of the work that you do, and what's what's the most, what's the greatest or most impactful thing that you've learned through doing this type of work? Ah, uh, you know, every day I'm learning something new about it. The greatest? Yeah. I don't know that there's a greatest because they're so interwoven. I would say, who is it that said this quote? There are people who will see just because they can see. And there are people who will see because you show them. And there are people who just will not, regardless of what you they do or what you give them. And so there's always this, this free, there's this choice. So this woo still does not over or bypass our capacity to still choose back into where we were. And there's no amount of wishing it for somebody that can make them go a different way. There, there is no bypassing that. And so, you know, I think people become coaches or teachers because you want to make somebody better. But when somebody doesn't want to be better or not meant to be doing that in this life, they won't, regardless of what you expose them to, because they just don't want to. They got to want to. Yep. No, I know exactly what you mean. I had a client once that was very briefly because of that reason. And, uh, we weren't able to work together because she like wanted me to fix her, like do it for her. And, and I just was like, that's not, that's not it. <laughs> that's not how this yes. change will happen for you. Right. So yes. the second thing I would say, one of the biggest barriers of me learning this was because I was purposely n not 
like I purposely was living my life so that I could be a normal person. <laughs> normal quote person. And yeah. so, <laughs> yes, exactly, quote unquote. Uh, <laughs> and so you have to find wh what it is that that's going to make you listen. And for me, because I wanted to be normal, I would only listen to people who I felt were doing well. And so, of course, the universe sends them to you. And I met two gentlemen who uh, were highly skilled. I mean, highly skilled. They were both clairvoyant, clairsentient, can heal bones with their bare hands. They, and they did very well. Multiple homes, 30 horses, antiques, lots of businesses. That was the kind of prototype or blueprint that I would be willing to go on this journey on. I will not listen to a homeless person. I will not listen to somebody in a treehouse. I will not listen to someone that smells too much like patchouli. Like that was my wiring, yeah. very materialistic wiring, right? right. I, yeah. I come from an immigrant. We grew up with nothing. My mother had to ask for food. We were out in the streets. Like it was about surviving and doing well. So I, I'm not going to put myself in a place where I'm going to go back to that again. Been there, done that. I think I like this route better. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> yes, maybe empty up times, but I would still take this over that you know? And so my wiring was a very material one. And I did not run away from that. I said, okay, well, I don't know if that's impossible or not. But if I ever meet people like that, I will listen. And then I did, you know, I ended up meeting that. So surrounding yourself with people that you, I guess, knew that they could show you something or teach you something. Maybe you didn't know what yeah, it was it, yet. It, but... it caught my attention. I was like, right. I would be willing yeah. to listen to you. Okay, you know, because it wasn't like I wasn't approached by everybody and their mother about what I'm supposed to be doing with my life. Obviously, I, you know, there's kind of all kinds of psychics and intuitives around me going, you know, you're supposed to be. I'm like, yeah, so <laughs> I'm not listening. <laughs> Do you have a nice house? Do you drive the car you want to drive? Are you happy? Like uh, those things are didn't meet that. Then I couldn't listen to them. I just couldn't. Yeah. So that's interesting. It's kind of like when you're looking for a relationship, it's like, here's my standard and I will not date anybody less than this <laughs> in that sense. Yes. Who's missing these qualities Absolutely. or whatever. Yeah. Yes. I think that also brings in some, like another way that people can be creative and who they choose to surround themselves with is simply mm -hmm. trying to figure out what is it that draws you to someone or are you, mm -hmm. are you being quote drawn to them because other people are drawn to them. So you think, oh, I'm going to follow the crowd. I'll go listen to this person. We are, yes, we yeah. are so conditioned to learn from people we don't even like. You know, we're in grade school and we get dropped into school and there, it isn't even a question of whether you even like your teacher or not. You cannot learn from people you don't like or you don't admire or you don't like respect or you don't, there's not, you know what I mean? Yeah. You're forced to like them because you got to be with them all year. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, you're like no making choice. yourself like them. Yeah, yeah. Which then starts the crux of nobody wants to learn because that's what you associate with making yourself like somebody that you got, you know, you got to put up with somebody. Right. Yeah. Who wants to do that and learn? And then not nobody. only that, but be forced to learn by some, by that too, in that yeah. environment. Yeah. So yeah, you, you can be free to choose who you want to learn from mm -hmm. and you choose must. wisely. You must. <laughs> yes. 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 Choose wisely. So what are, what sorts of clients exactly do you work with? Um, and what, what are some of the most common problems or complaints that they bring up to you? They're in general, gosh, whole smokersport of like <laughs> terminal yes. four, you know, terminal four cancers to, but I would say the biggest theme is that they're looking to understand what's going on with their lives because they're in this paradox of when they look around everything is going right. They are doing the right things. But on the inside, there's sort of like this like anticlimactic uh, void, uh, lackluster, you're sort of over it, uh, restlessness, listlessness, that paradox. And it's like, well, I'm pretty sure I was supposed to be doing all the stuff. So why do I feel this way? And a lot of people don't even want to articulate or acknowledge that that feeling is there. And they want to cover it up with... Um, peak experiences you know going after like oh i'm gonna do quote unquote do epic shit you know like yeah yeah and i'm like oh someone's having a problem <laughs> those people are usually i'm like mm. <laughs> yeah 
trying to bury some uncomfortable feelings. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay. <laughs> but yes, that's whatever, how that ever that plays out. That's usually what's going on. Seeking understanding in that gap. Yeah. It's like on paper, everything looks good. And I did all the things I checked the boxes and got the, whatever the job is I'm supposed to get, but inside you're like, <laughs> is that it? <laughs> what next? Yeah. Very human experience. Yeah. A very yes. <laughs> yes. And you need some woo Very much so. to help with that. Yes, it's time. <laughs> yes. <laughs> it's time. So I think that's a good spot to end on for today. Um, so I would love to ask you, where can people find you online if they want to, if people want to connect with you or learn more? Um, and do you have any special offers or workshops or anything coming up soon? Uh, <laughs> no, <laughs> uh, that's fine too. Usually yeah. private. Yes, usually private. Okay. If let's say there's a group of five or 10 who want to learn intuitive analysis, I'd be happy to do it. Mm -hmm. I'd be I'm very easy to find. You could plug my name in Google. There's lots of things there. Uh, so humanity.com is one, you want Facebook, Instagram, LinkedIn. I mean, all those things. All, all the things. Okay. Well, that's easy. <laughs> if, I'll put all the links below. So <laughs> yes, very, very easy. I'll respond between, you know, a day or two and you'll hear yeah. back from me. Okay, so my last question for you that I ask all my guests is what advice can you give our listeners today for living a wild, creative life? Ah, uh, well, that, this one's going to be predictable. Work your woo. Of course. <laughs> You're already woo. Work it. <laughs> you are already it. We are wooful already. Indeed. Well, thank you so much, for Aileen, for our conversation today. I learned a lot of really unique ways of seeing things from your point of view. So thank you for having me. Thank you. I really appreciate the work you're doing. So thank you. All right, that's a wrap. Thank you for listening to today's episode. I hope you found my conversation with Aileen as fresh as I did. I feel like she has a real way with seeing recycled or common ideas in a totally new way. If you'd like to connect with Aileen online, all her links are in the show notes below. If you're enjoying the podcast overall, please do rate and review. Don't forget to subscribe, follow, and share. I also have a Patreon for the show if you'd like to support it that way. All the links are in the show notes below. If you have any questions, comments, or topic ideas for future episodes, please email me at emmacavetna at gmail.com. Otherwise, until we meet again, stay wild, stay creative. <laughs>